Does everybody know what time it is? It's halftime at the ballet, so go grab a foot-long hot dog and a beer hat and get ready for more full-contact Swan Lake action. That's right. It's grunt work. The ballet. Welcome to Grunt Work, everybody, your podcast about the TV show Home Improvements. I'm Landon, the Renaissance Man Solano, joined always by my co-host, Truman Stogies and Cookies Caps. <laughs> I was really hoping you'd go with Truman, the If It Ain't Baroque, Don't Fix It Man Caps. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that's just as good. I do like a good uh, a good Stouffer's cookie with my, uh, with my Stogies. With your Stogies? Do Stouffer's make cookies, or is it only frozen dinners? Uh, I think you're mixing it up. <laughs> yeah, it is only frozen dinners. I think you're mixing it up with Keebler. My my improv skills are really good. I'm <laughs> yes-anding my way into complete uh, inaccuracy. You want to just... Let's just start again. Maybe they won't notice. <laughs> uh, Welcome, everybody, to the grunt work. Oh, wait. Did you mean... Okay. Stouffer, 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 Stogies. Okay. Landon, how are you? How's how's everything going? Oh, uh, I'm uh, doing good. We, we've we got some stuff we got to discuss here. Uh, so a little, a little house cleaning. Big, big home improvement news in the uh, world today. Indeed. We have um, a article... Uh, an interview, I should say. It's not even an article. Well, it's an article about an interview. <laughs> Very true. Um, from Entertainment Tonight Online, uh, apparently, Tim Allen says he's very interested, quote, quote, <laughs> in a home improvement reboot. I was going through this, and, you know, it's one of these kind of, I don't want to say clickbait. It's not exact clickbait, but if, it, you, if you watch it, if you read the article, um, you know, he... Is, isn't really saying much except like he's open to the idea he's not like actively pursuing it but you know in the article he also says like uh that he really misses last man standing and yeah. he, he kind of like brings the two you know together in a way because they're practically the same show <laughs> practically the same show he says quote in in, in um response to the idea of a revival sure uh quote i like that idea i still miss last man standing we didn't get to do our seventh year i adored that show and it's like having a new dog and now to go back to the old dog i don't know i like both characters but yeah i'd be very interested in that idea spoken in my opinion kind of like a politician yeah yeah (laughs) well and also i mean really you you look at the situation, and if, you know, it's like if someone came up to you and said, hey, hey, Landon, would you like millions and millions of dollars and, right. and publicity for doing a thing that you already like to do that is not extremely difficult compared to other things you get paid to do? I'm yeah. sure the answer would probably be yes. Yeah, I, no, absolutely. <laughs> and we even went back and forth with a few people on Twitter about this. Uh, it, it would 100% come down to the paycheck. I mean, uh, barring that everyone in the, the cast um, is interested in doing it, I think that, you know, Tim Allen, with the right paycheck, would absolutely just jump on board. But, you know, as we covered in uh, Be Kind Rewind, our guest spot on uh, the Be Kind Rewind podcast, where we were pitching our idea <laughs> for, you know, this weird serendipitous thing. We pitched our idea for what a revival of Home Improvement could look like. And then two days later, they and announced two, that they want yeah. to bring it back. Uh, I think we have a secret fan, <laughs> and his name is Tim Allen. <laughs> Tim Allen, write into us. Write us an iTunes review. Can you imagine how great an iTunes review? Hi, I'm Tim Allen, the star of the show that they talk about, and sometimes they're even kind of critical of my performance. And yet, in spite of that, Truman and Landon's analysis is so great that I'm giving their podcast five stars out of five. <laughs> I'm Tim Allen, podcast fan. <laughs> totally, really, hundred percent. It's a hundred percent. Don't question that it's tim allen do they do blue check marks next to (laughs) itunes reviews as well they better um the question is whether or not there's an audience for it and from what carlos told us from his he you know ran a bunch of polls and everything yeah i mean that's just a subsect of people but is there an audience for a home improvement revival what we covered on there on on that episode that we did uh, of be kind of rewind was you know, this is coming in the wake of the Roseanne uh, revival that's about to come out, which I'm really excited for. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's coming on the heels of the Will and Grace revival. Yeah. Uh, which is coming on the heels of the Full House revival, blah, 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 blah. Uh, it's uh, the, a never-ending cycle. The Will and Grace revival was significantly better received than the Full House revival. Let me just <laughs> point that. Out. Like, mm-hmm. to put them in the same category is a yeah. bit of a stretch. And, but, I, I, for me, the Full House revival is purely nostalgia mm-hmm. i mean there might be a a small audience for it that is that justifies 
you know, the production value of it. Sure. Um, but Will and Grace and Roseanne, I think, are two really interesting examples to look at because they have content that is uh, uh, applicable to where we are right now. They have something to say again. Yeah. Right? The blue-collar workers uh, from the Roseanne, you know, talking about... Uh, how has you know uh, the LBGTQ and all the other letters been represented in our society and you know that sort of stuff? They feel like they have something to say again. Does in your opinion, what do you think about home improvement uh, surviving in this day and age? I mean, I think the biggest thing that home improvement today has to, I mean. Home improvement now is kind of inseparable from Tim Allen, and Tim Allen, especially lately, is inseparable from his politics. So well, I've I've been thinking about it. And not to cut you off, I'm no, sorry. No, no, of course. I, I've been thinking about this, and he it's it. He's not inseparable from his. I I was thinking about that that late night performance where he really got lambasted for saying you know conservatives get a bad rap yeah. in Hollywood, and. At no point in that does he talk about his politics. He just says he's a conservative. And yeah. I think the uncouth thing is to see a wealthy white male execute his idea in that fashion. Because he wasn't on the record saying, you know, anything about policies, anything yeah, yeah, about yeah. even fiscal stuff. Yeah. He was just like, conservatives get a bad rap. Yeah, one and, side of the debate is not well represented in Hollywood, which is, yeah. a, which is a perfectly reasonable statement to make, and one that is, I think, to some degree true. Yeah, exactly. But a little blind in realizing, like, oh, uh, this is not the time to say that, this is not the place to say that. Um, so I, I think that that got blown a little out of proportion. F fair. I mean, but that's still, that's the, the perspective that people have on it. I mean, mm -hmm. I think I think that a lot of the, the hate directed at him from, from, you know, the left side of the aisle is kind of unfair, too. I, I think, well, I think also beyond beyond Tim Allen's politics, I think, I, I, I think what home improvement as a revival, I think what it could do effectively and accurately in this kind of uh, era of Me Too and just... Now that we're actively reconsidering what masculinity is and things that have long been assumed, you know, like, oh, men just do that. That's how men are. And now the now uh, society as a whole is reexamining masculinity in a new way. I think that Tim Allen, uh, you know, he's again, that like the whole show, Home Improvement and his whole persona is mm -hmm. about a certain sor sort of masculinity yeah. that is now being challenged. And so I think Home Improvement coming back. I mean, it could be a really interesting forum to discuss mm -hmm. some of these things and what the role of a man is in the family and what it means to be a man these days. Yeah. Uh, whether the show will handle that deftly has <laughs> yet to be seen. I think it all comes down to showrunners. Yeah, right, exactly. I mean, again, what we kind of covered on that episode was, like, there's a way to do it. It can be done. Um, but they would have to have, you know, an equal balance of all of you know the stuff that matters now you know uh the 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 age-old story is that uh tim allen and patricia richardson were offered money to do a ninth season tim allen was offered 50 million dollars patricia richardson was offered 25 million so like stuff like that would have to be equalized as well as in the narrative as well yeah yeah um, anyhow, let's, let's put a pin in this conversation, because I feel like we can go on forever. Oh, yeah, us, uh, us, the two people who've spent a year <laughs> studying home improvement, we yeah. probably could. Let's say, I want to open this up, though, as, like, a non-going conversation about what this could look like, and, like, what does that mean for us? Yeah. <laughs> if, if they do it, you know, uh, us being six seasons away from what a revival would look like, or would be. Um, what I see it as, like, I think what it means for us, I... I it could be a lot of upheaval in our lives, I think, because we're both going to have to quit our jobs and go to work as like a Chris Hardwick type doing after the homes. Talking or, tools. Yeah, talking to That's that's the one. Talking tools or like, you know. That's also my daytime kids show. <laughs> that, that's also that's also my uh, Pornhub show. So it's it's really we're on every end of the spectrum wow. with this. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think that would be that would be the thing for I think it can look to speak uh, to talk about it from a purely selfish perspective. A home improvement revival, whether it's good, whether it's bad, it can only be good for the two douchebags with a home improvement <laughs> podcast. That can only mean more people coming our way. That's so, fair. So so to those of you who are listening to this in the future after the home improvement revival has come out yeah. and our show 
gets extremely popular and you're listening to the back catalog, hey there, we knew all along that we were going to be podcast superstars. <laughs> yes. We hope you enjoy it. Um, yeah, and I'll throw this out. Uh, if they do a revival um, and they want to subvert some of these characters and roles that are on the show, uh, why not have male announcers for Tool Time instead of the Lisa the Tool Girl, Heidi the Tool Girl? Um, because I know two people that might be really well suited for the job. I, I can I can really uh, sell a pair of pink overalls. You put them on me, and a blonde. W- Wait, do you mean they would be? Do you mean men in drag or just men? Men. <laughs> you do you, man. Because I, I. It's not like that's a thing that I wanted. It's not like my mind just jumped to that. Like I just you know I, I mean I was just thinking you know <laughs> what are we even talking about? You know it's weird. Oh, we watched an episode of Home Improvement this week. We did. We did. Uh, Truman, do you have? A synopsis for us. You know, Landon, it's funny you should ask, because I do, almost as though we planned this. <laughs> uh, so, when Jill begs Tim to take Mark to the ballet, Tim reluctantly agrees. But when Wilson offers Tim some courtside tickets to a basketball game that same day, Tim can't say no. He and Mark go to the ballet for half an hour, and then leave to go to the game. When Jill finds out, she's furious that Tim has sabotaged her attempt to introduce her son to the finer things in life. Wilson suggests to Tim that his disdain for the ballet is rooted in ignorance, so in order to make amends with Jill, Tim creates a video of a male-friendly ballet that splices dance footage with sports footage. Meanwhile, while they're alone at home, Brad and Randy steal a cigar from Tim's sock drawer and smoke it. At first, they're able to hide their mischief, until Tim and Jill find the evidence and trick them into confessing with some clever subterfuge. And the title of this episode is called... Oh, shit. Why do I always forget we're going to play this game? The title of this episode is Swan Fake. Oh, man. I like that. Swan, yeah. Uh, Or Gone Lake, or... uh, (laughs) Gone Swan Gone. Gone, Yeah, (laughs) Swan Baby Swan. (laughs) Uh, No, what is it called? It is called Shooting Three to Make a Tutu. Shooting three to make two is a basketball term. Uh, when you're shooting um, penalty throws, oh. you get three throws to make two points, essentially. Okay, okay. I, yeah, for the, for the viewers at home, I, I was sitting there in silence with the most confused look on my face. <laughs> I figured it was a sports I just thing. wanted to, like, <laughs> alleviate the pain that I saw going through your brain, trying yeah, th- to figure that out. Thank you, thank you. The, the, gears, the gears have stopped turning. Um, <laughs> I am going to say... Say it. That... Please... I liked this episode. I did too. I liked it quite a lot. Mm-hmm. I found I found the Wilson scenes and also Jill's whole kind of argument and motivation in this episode to be some of the strongest and most compelling I think that I've seen in the season. Yes. Um and then I was really disappointed by the ending as usual. Yeah. Okay, man, we we got to get someone like we it's like we need another host who will just reflexively disagree <laughs> with us. Like we're too much one brain on yeah, these. Yeah, I things. know, and that's why I go into these asinine theories all the time because we have no conflict with each other. I, I know. Therefore, I need to invent insane things to talk and, about. And I tend to like insane things, so I still go along <laughs> with it. It's a self-perpetuating system. Uh, yeah, this episode... Um, well, you know, let's not talk vaguely about it. Do you want to just dive in? Let's unless you have anything... In. I mean, because we start with a very strong Tool Time segment. Yeah, oh my god. Uh, brilliant, brilliant slapstick comedy. Uh, so, on Tool Time, it is Gadget Corner. Uh, <laughs> yep. And if you think we go overboard with our corners, they have a whole gigantic sign that is in the background behind them. Thank you for not telling people about my sign behind us, so we can like hide our ostentatiousness. I, just, I, was, I think it's a little overboard to have that there, Landon. I mean, I'm the only one who sees it. Like, your back all is right, to all right. it. I'll turn the neon off, at least. Okay, now, guys. Uh, spoiler alert. There actually isn't a sign, but Landon did act out pulling a chain to turn off an imaginary sign that isn't there. This is our version of Tim and Al playing baseball on set. <laughs> Um, yeah, so they're they're doing uh, they're doing gadget corner, and mm-hmm. Al is very excited that he's bought a light bulb that is guaranteed to last a hundred years. Uh, yeah, which really dates the show in the '90s because uh, you know, had they waited 15 more years, they would have had energy efficient light bulbs that are guaranteed to last 40 years. They were just they were just so hot and bothered to do this <laughs> awesome bit. They they weren't like, wait, let's see how the technology plays out. Right, let's just do it now. <laughs> Uh, 40-year bulbs that don't require a certificate of authentication, uh, that Al has. But by my back-of-the-envelope calculations, though, a 40-year bulb has only 40% of the longevity of a 100-year light bulb. Mm. So, I mean, that's not as impressive as what Al thought that he had there. Uh, true. 
I agree with you, and we're in agreement. God damn it, this is the most boring show. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Tim. But that's yeah, that's not the 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 fun part of this whole segment because as yeah. soon as you know, in true Tim fashion, he takes the light bulb from Al, looks at it, sets it on the counter, and then uh, it rolls off and breaks. Yeah. So there goes that hundred years. <laughs> Uh, hundred years bad luck, maybe. Yeah, the hundred years of solitude. I don't know. <laughs> that, that not even relevant. Just has hundred years in the beginning of it. <laughs> what What is really great though is that from this, they then play the tool time interstitial music, but like a full it version. Was, it was yeah, uh, some sort of variant on it. It was very bizarre. You know, it's 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 our oft oft sung refrain, but but it had like another twenty seconds on the front of it of like an intro. It was like yeah. Hans Zimmer's. <laughs> Uh, uh, tool time interstitial. Yes. And then they go over to uh, a message from Binford's Magnets division, It's, it's another, guess? like, I have to imagine that this is all part of the, the product placement. You know what? What? This is the only tool time scene. Why don't we front load our episode with the Pam's Corner? Oh, let's do it. Let's do it right now. Because it plays into this a little bit. Let's go through this t- tool time segment. We'll go into Pam's Corner. Okay. So... Uh, th- it's a bit of product placement. Uh, I have to imagine that like Maureen and and the the new management system is yeah. uh, pushing to really showcase Binford tools uh, on the air. We've gotten this a few times this season. If you remember yeah. the nail gun where he shoots the cameraman a few episodes ago, um, <laughs> the cameramen are always in the line of fire for this, as we will see <laughs> in a moment. True. And uh, so this one's about the Binford magnet, uh, just like hand magnets that you can like powerful magnets that you could pick up. Uh, straight nails for, and then Tim pulls up one that uh, can lift 400 pounds that he says can suck the Tin Man through a keyhole. <laughs> Which is a cool image when you think about it. <laughs> also, I don't know what need anyone would have for a magnet that powerful, but why are we even questioning it? Why? What am I doing? Please keep going. I'm sorry to delay. <laughs> so Tim picks up this uh, this magnet that can lift 400 pounds and sticks it to Al's tool belt. Of course, it gets stuck to him, and Al, like says just swing it down push it down yeah. and then tim gets it off of al and like loses his balance and he sticks to a tv thing and he basically just loses control until the magnet like pulls the camera it's so <laughs> powerful that it pulls the camera toward him and his face smacks against the lens this this is this is all-time classic tim and al tool time shenanigans mm-hmm. it's it's kind of weird to me, honestly, that the show has... Because we had that amazing one with the teacups and Tim destroying them. Oh my them god, the, yeah. That's still a highlight of the season for me. I, I feel like it's almost surprising that it took the show the better part of two seasons to finally figure out like just how to make... And then we had last time, we had yeah. the one with the camouflage. Well, here's my my theory, yeah. is that you know uh, Andy Cadiff took over, and there is new showrunners show, show as well. Um, this feels very much like the beginning of last season, where about episode seven or eight, they finally hit their stride yeah so yeah. it feels like new creative teams have come in and have taken these episodes to really find their their new footing uh with you know the established characters and cast and, and everything so i think that's kind of what we're seeing here is that they finally in these last four episodes have really hit their stride i and and you know there were a few episodes before there where they were finding their stride which i mean <laughs> yeah. hey you know no one is great their first few weeks on yeah, the job right so the camera smashes into his face, and his breath is fogging up the camera, and then we get a Tim's breath condensation transition <laughs> to the opening credits. To Pam's Corner. Oh, to Pam's Corner. Well, yes, you're right. Pam's Corner happens so quickly in the transition that you don't see it, but <laughs> we will right. slow down the tape. Um, just a reminder of what we're doing with Pam's Corner. Now that we've kind of exhausted our Pam Anderson trivia, uh, which you can also just go Google yourself and, you know, have fun with that. We we should just call Pamela Anderson and say, like, hey, do more things. <laughs> she does a lot of things. I mean, she's got so many, she's, you know, active in so many charities and whatnot. Um, it's just those those trivia facts are less scintillating Yeah, how many times, you, you can't say the same, like, it's the same trivia fact, it's just a different charity each yeah. time. So she's very charitable. Yes. That's that's the trivia. Pam's Corner, she's a nice person. <laughs> so in order to uh, continue to honor Pamela Anderson and Lisa specifically, uh, as they aren't doing on the show, um, we are creating narratives for why Lisa isn't appearing on Tool Time. Yes. And uh, this week, the narrative is... <laughs> I, I probably should have done the drum roll so you can get ready. <laughs> that's all right. This is bad co-hosting. Okay. Um, okay. So I got a really interesting one. Oh, okay. Okay. Well... We don't know Lisa's last name, right? 
Not that I know of. We 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 never find it out. Y- you would be the one who would know it. So if you don't know it, I'm gonna say no. We don't. And know I'm Lisa's I'm last gonna name. I'm gonna do a little spoiler alert. We never find out. Uh, well, we're di- getting down to the wire. We're for getting that, down so, to the wire. Yeah. I can tell you definitively, she is never credited with a last name. Yes. Okay. So here's my narrative for her. It turns out that she is one of the seven siblings of Hitler. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs> you just got to get that mustache quota in there. I know. <laughs> Mustache Quota is also my show on Pornhub. (laughs) Okay, so it turns out that she's one of the seven daughters of Mr. Binford. Oh, yes. Okay. Which means she's the sister of Maureen. Oh. Who is also a daughter of Mr. Binford. Um, So so that that red hair gene is uh, recessive. I guess so. Isn't that recessive just in general? I, we're, the word recessive, the definition of the word recessive is outside of my science knowledge. <laughs> Fair. Okay. Um, so, okay. In the absence of uh, Mr. Binford, who has run off with the Black & Decker model, as we learned in uh, the May the Best Man Win, uh, there are many shifts in the duties of the Binford family, including Lisa taking a pivotal role overseeing the business. Oh. She has absurd her all of her older sisters... Uh, in order to take the role as acting CEO of Binford Tools, and she is the one who sent Maureen in uh, to whip Tool Time into shape. Oh, because so so she so Lisa is acutely aware that Maureen is the most talented of her sisters. Like she and Maureen have. Like, because I imagine it was a lot of, like, really down-and-dirty corporate knife fighting for her to get to the top. <laughs> yeah, so she... it, exactly. Lisa has become, like, the Circe or the Daenerys of, uh, you know, the, the Binford Iron Throne, yes, if you will. Mother of Chainsaws. <laughs> uh, so that's that's what I'm pitching here. It, it's, it's So it's like, you take a scoop of Hudsucker Proxy, Truman with the relevant references <laughs> to movies everyone has seen, and you're just dumping it into, uh, into home improvement. Yes, exactly. Climbing the top of the ladder. Now, here's what I love about this narrative. Yes. Uh, if I do say so myself. It keeps Lisa with us after she leaves. She just, she hires her own replacement because she's found so much success running Binford. Exactly. So Lisa isn't ever gone because Binford never goes away. She is Lisa Binford, the CEO of Binford Tools. She is one with the Binford. The Binford is her. (laughs) Now, does that mean that she and Tim are related because we have speculated that Tim is a lost Binford boy or, or did we, we, we've did, debunked we, that. We ruled we, that we've, we've ruled that out. We debunked that thing we thought of. Okay, yes. good. Uh, okay. So yeah, but is, I still don't think that exempts that, but that that would make Maureen and Tim brother and sister. Oh man. That, yeah. That gets, this turns into some weird arrested development lineage <laughs> stuff there. Uh, I like that idea. I like that a lot because that kind of, that keeps, that this idea that Lisa will always be with us yes. in our hearts and our minds. And what better way to honor her than to have her with us always? Yes, to to have or to to know that whenever you see a Binford tool, she is the mind behind it. Exactly. You know what time it is? It's time for a woman to run a major corporation. <laughs> uh, that was a very empowering episode of Pam's Corner. Thank you. It might be the best one yet. <laughs> Fantastic. Well. No, but I really liked that idea. Okay, I mean, probably the one where we learned about the limousine council might have been my favorite one. But in terms of the fic- in terms of the fictional story-oriented yeah. Pam's Corners, I like this one the best. Fantastic. Has staying potential. Awesome. Yes. That has been Pam's Corner. Let's get back to this episode of Home Improvement. So, um, opening credits. Uh, Tim smashes a sledgehammer into a wall, but then Jill is on the other side of it. You guys yeah. know what happens. Very much like Bubble Bubble Toil and Trouble. Just had to say it. Yeah. Thank God. I do. Oh, I do have a note on this. Uh, the theme song. Thank God. I looked at season one. Yeah. To see if Brad stares into our souls. Yeah. He does not. Oh, shit. So it's changing subtly every time. Yeah. The first one is all of the kids very confused about what's going on. There's no close-up of each of their faces. Yeah. You know, in this one, it kind of pans across all their faces and close-up. That one is just kind of a, a more medium close-up, and they're all just kind of looking around all confused. Mm-hmm. So there's no actual, like, uh, close-up of them. In this, in this one, Brad is like, I've been on this show for a season. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to look into the camera. <laughs> It, looking at the camera is going to be my thing. I'm going to be like like a proto Jim Halpert. <laughs> we're we're at the we're at the Taylor House. Go to the so kitchen. Are. Yes. Uh, the big game is today. Mm-hmm. I'm imagining it's a basketball game. Pistons versus the Bulls. Yes, of course. And and there was that guy playing for the Chicago Bulls who almost played for the Portland Trail Blazers, except they didn't effing draft him. <laughs> um, but I'm not mad. What's his name? 
Michael B. Jordan. He's in. Uh, he's <laughs> he in Black Panther. In Black he's Panther. so good. Almost you almost wish he had been the protagonist in the movie because he has such swagger and charisma. <laughs> uh, anyway, ba- okay. Thank you for listening to Jord Work uh, <laughs> or Michael B. Jordan podcast. Uh, Not to be confused with Jord Work, which is our IKEA podcast. <laughs> And it's also our podcast about doing yard work where we also have just had Novocaine, so we can't pronounce it properly. <laughs> really niche stuff. Like you think, you, oh my God. you think, you think this is an obscure podcast. You just wait. Uh, so in preparation for the big game, Tim has brought a million kinds of cheese snacks, your cheese mm-hmm. curls, your cheese doodles, your yeah. cheese worms, your cheese cake. To um, share with Brad and Randy while they watch the game on the couch. Yeah. And they also have an air horn uh, to watch the game on the couch, which is... Uh, Altogether too too rowdy for me. Well, they had the air horn back in Bye Bye Birdie, and that's what he was using to get rid of that uh, that pesky woodpecker. Jesus, I, I I don't know if I should feel bad that I don't remember this, or <laughs> bad that my brain doesn't have the memory creating capacity of yours. Uh, so anyway, so they're all ready for the big game, but mm-hmm. Jill has big trouble. Yes. Big Trouble, which was also a movie featuring Tim Allen. That's very true. Okay, free association corner. Uh, her computer has crashed, which yeah. means that she has to redo all of her work for the magazine, which means that Tim has to take Mark to see Swan Lake at the ballet, because apparently Mark kind of likes ballet. Yeah. Um, and let's just talk about the scene for a second. The fact that Jill has a computer? <laughs> that doesn't surprise me so much. I had a computer, I think, in 93, 94. Uh, it was like a, I think I, my first computer was an IBM that really only ran Wheel of Fortune and <laughs> maybe a word processor. Um, so her, so are they, is Inside Detroit Magazine doing a big Wheel of Fortune feature or something <laughs> behind maybe. the scenes with Pat and uh, Vanna? Uh, but then I moved on to a compact and those things crashed all of the time. Yeah. Uh, so it does not surprise me that her computer crashed and just makes me really appreciative of cloud-based systems that you can save yourself and have your computer crash and still have your stuff. Almost as though our computers have been given more power. <laughs> when when she when she just said my computer crashed, uh, for a second my heart was in my throat and this idea that maybe this episode would be Tim trying to fix a computer. Oh god. That's you want to talk about fucking rebooting home improvement, <laughs> Tim doing tech support stuff, that's what I want to see. Wow. Make it happen, the world. <laughs> the world. Um I'm I have a issue with how long this goes on. Uh, she says, I need you to take Mark to, to Swan Lake. And Tim's like, ballet, kill me. And she's like trying to make it interesting to Tim by saying like, I think you'd like it. Look at it this way. Yeah. And then she runs through the plot of Swan Lake, peppering up the like action bits and the murderous plot bits and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then he's like, eh, you had me, but no. And then she's like, well, let me try again. And then goes on another minute and a half. Like, it probably is, like, this scene is probably a five-minute scene where Jill just eventually gets to the point of saying, hey, a while ago I took the boys to a monster truck rally I didn't want to take them to. Great continuity. Very good callback. So do this for me. And Tim's saying, you're right, okay. It it definitely didn't need to take that long, especially yeah. when the end when the episode just stops instead of ending. <laughs> like, yeah. if this had been a 30-second scene... Mm-hmm. Or if they had just started the episode with Tim already being committed to this reluctantly against his will, right. then we could have had an actual satisfactory conclusion, I think. I, I completely agree. I think that's a fantastic note. I'll take it up to the writer's room. Oh, great, uh, great. But, have them make the notes and adjustments. You're just you're just going to run over in your in your uh, DeLorean to the writer's room exactly, and, yeah. and have them... Hey, hey, we watched the episode you're currently writing. Uh, make some changes. <laughs> um, but you know what? What? If this scene didn't take so long... I don't know that I would have noticed the hot rod is back. Yeah, I, and it's more built up. He's yes. like the engine is there. It has come back from Dave's shop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dave had that thing for a long time. He certainly did. Maybe he was cheating on it with other hot rods, and we know that's his <laughs> that's his move. Uh, yeah, the hot rod has been absent for a long time, and I almost thought that they had with with the change, you know, regime change and the new directors that they mm-hmm. had decided to take out that aspect. But yeah. Now the chassis has been painted blue instead of green. There's yep. like a front grill on it, and the engine it has tires. Yeah, so I guess it's always had tires, but mm, yeah. Uh, but so then uh, the point is, in a roundabout fashion, she gets Tim to agree to do this. Yeah, uh, they go back out into the living room where Brad and Randy are getting ready to watch the game. And well, I only mentioned it's a oh, it's a new scene at back yeah. out in the living room. I I have to mention this. So Brad and Randy are sitting at the kitchen table. Jill is kind of talking about, okay, well, I'm going to be gone doing this magazine stuff. Tim mm-hmm. is going to be at the ballet with Mark. 
you two are going to be alone. I want to know I can trust you. And she's giving them some big spiel about how they've messed with her in the past, but mm-hmm. she expects them to be responsible. But she also does say, I can be back at any time. Yes. Yes. Putting the fear of God in yes, them. Yes, of course. But as as she is saying this, I'm not paying attention because they are sitting there at the table and they've got their cheese doodles and their cheese curls and their cheese worms and their cheese everything. And she's pouring two glasses of milk, which she takes over to the table. So cheese milk, yeah, ladies and the gentlemen. Yeah, the cheese milk. I mean, it's not quite the recipe we thought. I mean, really, it's just eating powdered cheese products and then drinking milk. But I don't know, maybe you're like doing Well, like, maybe she's just giving them uh, an additional ingredient. Maybe they have to like mash up all of the ingredients that are on the table. Maybe that's the secret to it is that you have to mash up cheese curls and cheese cake and uh, what other cheese items that uh, they Cheese said? doodles. Cheese doodles. Cheese, yeah. Any kind of crunchy cheese thing. <laughs> uh, you crunch that together and you pour it into the milk and that, you know, the, the bread gets uh gets it that consistency and you can eventually cut it uh, yeah <laughs> well you you will be at some point <laughs> uh so, so you're you're positing that cheese milk is sort of a, a korean barbecue hibachi type thing where you have to make it there at the table yes or, or it's sort of a molecular gastronomy deconstructed cheese milk where you have to you get the individual <laughs> pieces of it and put it together yeah exactly and maybe maybe they have to put it in the fridge and let it sit uh for a few days and then scrape the the top off of it and then then you got a good you got a good batch of cheese milk there. Y- you know, against all odds, cheese milk doesn't sound totally appetizing right now. <laughs> um, so Tim and Mark come out while all this is going on. They're all dressed up in their in their nice '90s suits. Yeah, and all they ready do to some go. mugging for the camera. Yeah, Tim and Mark are all ready to go. Uh, Tim jaunts out into the backyard before they leave. Yes, to tell <clears throat> Wilson, hey, just the boys are here. Keep an eye on them. You know, I really, I'm still waiting for the Wilson taking care of the boys arc, or like the right. Wilson taking why, care of the boys why? episode. Why? Why hasn't he been the the babysitter yet? Yeah, they have brought over L. They've brought over Betsy Randall, uh, Karen. Sorry, I couldn't remember her name for yeah. a second. <laughs> but you remember the uh, actor with the opposite of me. Well, I mean, they have even brought our favorite Sir Larry in. Uh, not often enough. Uh, certainly not. <laughs> no, that's yeah. They have never asked Wilson, which is so weird. Yeah, Wilson, who has nothing but time and is literally always... Like, once in the show has Wilson ever not had time to stand in the backyard prattling on to Tim about the universe, and it's portrayed as a weird thing when that happens. There is one reason why, perhaps, they know that Wilson is always high and is not (laughs) responsible enough to watch them. (laughs) So, Wilson is a pothead. So, okay, so they know Wilson's always high, and they know he's too high to look after their kids, but he's not too high to give them advice about their marriage and life that they take <laughs> seriously as the gospel. Yeah, exactly. Well, okay, no, I mean, no complaints there. I guess that's, <laughs> I guess it's it's one th- it's one thing to kind of have a, a higher consciousness that mm-hmm. allows you to, to give someone philosophical advice. It's another thing to, like, drive a kid to the emergency room if need be. <laughs> exactly. So Wilson, while Tim is talking to him, gives Tim some amazing courtside tickets to mm-hmm. see the Pistons versus the Bulls, and Tim goes through this kind of agonizing back and forth, like, ah, I can't do it, but I gotta do it, but I can't do it, but I gotta do it. And how did and how did Wilson get these tickets, by the way? Uh, he called into a radio station uh, and had to answer a trivia question. I don't remember the question, but the answer was Kepler. Yeah, yeah, it was like the guy who first calculated like the speed that the Earth moves through space yeah. or something like that. Um, I'm grinning like an idiot because to me, this is more evidence for the God theory. True, the the whole temptation uh, through line. That honestly, that is that he put that th- so. So you're not saying he's the devil, like God put <laughs> God put the tree there so they would have a have to make the choice. Yeah, that's interesting. I think this is a point in favor of the God theory. I think he's he's more God than Stoner this week. <laughs> uh, indeed, yes. Yeah, I think it, it it does it does feel like that though because he even gives the tickets to Tim and Tim looks at them and then starts to give them back and then pulls them back again and starts to give them yeah. back and pulls them back again and ultimately. Ultimately says, ah, let me take them. I'll find someone who can use them. Yeah, I'll take them off your hands. And what is Wilson, if not a tree of wisdom? True. And what are basketball tickets, if not a delicious looking little apple? Yeah, yeah, that's that sounds that sounds about right. The metaphor falls apart the more you talk about it. There's, but... there's nothing I like more uh, for dessert than a, a nice, crisp, cinnamony uh, basketball ticket pie. 
Um, indeed. So, Tim, let's go through the narrative before I go into the nitpicky stuff here. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, Tim is grappling with whether or not to do this, and, uh, you know, he he tries to convince Mark. He pulls Mark out, and uh, he's, like, trying to convince him that he wants to go see the basketball game instead of the ballet. And Mark's like, yeah! No, I want to go see the Swans. Yeah. <laughs> how how much does Mark know about ballet? Like, I, I'm, yeah. I feel like it's kind of a big speed bump that Mark is suddenly into ballet. I mean, I love that it's there, but... Yeah, well, I... Mark has been very inconsistent with his uh, phases and preferences this season because he also loved the Olympics but also loved karate and couldn't decide between the two. Uh, so I feel like he's Mark is really going through an existential crisis yeah. uh, this season. But but wouldn't you too if you lived in this house? <laughs> yes, I mean, I would. you know, if you lived with a serial killer and his toady <laughs> and then your parents were boning in every room all yes, the time. I 100% would. Uh, I'm not blaming Mark. I'm just saying that seems to be what he's going through. So uh, I don't know how much he knows about basketball. I have to imagine quite a lot already considering Tim is always watching it. Yeah. Um, but he really wants to go see the ballet and Tim makes a compromise with him that says okay well look the the ballet starts at what noon or one yeah uh, and the game tip off doesn't start till about 2 30 so we'll go to the ballet and then uh we'll switch over and go to basketball yeah and mark is mark is like oh well are you sure it'll be done by then and tim goes yeah well the first 20 minutes is the best <laughs> ballet anyway and they put in all their second string ballerinas because they're the, the good ones are all tired <laughs> yeah and he he finally convinces mark to agree by um saying that he'll buy him a rubber finger or a foam finger. Now, first he says all the hot dogs and soda you want, and that isn't enough for him. But a foam finger, <laughs> I, this, I don't understand this boy. It's, like, it's the simple pleasures of the 90s. Uh, I would have loved to have a foam finger uh, if I'd ever gone. I mean, I went to a lot of sporting events and I never had one. And I think that's why I want one. I have, I have put foam fingers on before, and it's not as much fun as biting into a hot dog. And I don't even like hot dogs that much. I would much prefer <laughs> pizza, french fries... Even even stadium nachos, depending on the quality of the nachos, like if they meet a certain minimum standard of cheese. <laughs> but uh, a foam finger, you can't eat a foam finger. Uh, that's very true. So well, you, you your 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 big qualm is between the food and the 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 rallying uh, paraphernalia. Um, mine is just I want a foam finger. Yeah, you know, Landon, you can get those. They're pretty cheap if you don't and buy them at the you stadium. You know what? I'm going to stand on my old man box for a second here. Okay. <clears throat> Hope I don't fall over. It's Landon's uh, old man box corner. <laughs> uh, I really miss the days where you had silent rallying cries like a foam finger and not those whirly tubes oh, that... Uh, are those still a thing now? Yeah. yeah or any, or yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Forget it. I, like, it's hard for me to go to sporting events now. Uh, why can't people just sit quietly and watch a, <laughs> a nice basketball or baseball game uh, well you know golf is kind of the option for that yeah exactly exactly uh <clears throat> i'm gonna go into another story okay um you remember a couple weeks ago i told you my michael jordan story oh yes oh your michael b jordan story <laughs> my michael b jordan uh he was a baby when this happened though. <laughs> and, uh, you, and you said to him you should play apollo creed's illegitimate son <laughs> so my dad had tickets uh front row first just like Tim has in this yeah. episode, uh, first row seats to see the Pistons. Yeah. And <laughs> we were sitting there, and I had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And I was probably, I, don't, I can't remember how old I was at this time. It was a little after when this this aired, but uh, I got up, and my dad went with me to go to the bathroom, leaving my mom alone in the front row of a Pistons game. <laughs> and when we got back... We had found out that uh, some sort of play had transpired, and Grant Hill had flown off the court into the seat next to my mom. Oh my god! <laughs> what? Okay, Landon, I'm going to ask you to just right now get up and leave the room, and and <laughs> me and the listeners will see what cool shit happens, like what guest comes by. You know, well, it's not me; it's my mom. Oh, okay. Well, then get your mom out here, and then get her to leave. And you go too, just for good measure, because okay, both times okay. you've. You, oh, oh no no no! Wait, yeah, get your mom here. You leave. I leave. She stays. <laughs> yes, guest host Landon's mom, <laughs> and that's like, oh hey, look who dropped by. That's that's you know, hey, it's Tim Allen. <laughs> it's only NBA stars. Oh yeah, I guess you're right. Well, then we can talk to Michael B. Jordan about you know what it was like being on season one of The Wire. <laughs> oh okay. Um, I got one more thing about this backyard scene. Okay, we are dwelling. I realize, I know. but. There was a oddly placed object, and I don't know if you caught it. 
Well, there's a clothesline strung across the yeah, fence. Yeah, it's, it's not on Wilson's side, because Wilson is stringing up that, that thing to later beat his rug yeah. uh, in the second Wilson scene. On the Tim side, on the Taylor side, on their patio... Always look on the Tim side of life. <laughs> on the very corner of the, the porch, Seanzilla. What the... It's just so awkwardly placed, just right there on the corner. Uh, it's so odd, it's a little inconceivable. <laughs> But uh, it just, they love this figure for some reason. Do you think that toys, like we've suggested that this takes place in the Toy Story universe. <laughs> yes. Do you think that's the, because we had a sentient remote control helicopter yeah. recently. Seanzilla seems to be just moving around doing stuff. Yeah. Between even uh, the Taylor household and the Connor household out in Lanford, Illinois. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's, I, I think there's something to be said for this. Like the the toys know know what's up. Oh my god, this is new. Like, are we solidifying this theory that in the background of Home Improvement we have sentient toys moving around? I mean, given that that the Home Improvement universe is whimsical enough that a boy almost gets sucked into a vacuum cleaner. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I wouldn't put it past, past, you know, the toys to also be alive. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe the next time they're out in a car, one of the other cars yeah. on the street, Woody is hanging off the, the back oh of it. Oh my God. I love this theory so much. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's done. It's sold. Lock it in. It, it's all, it's all there. All right. We got a new theory. Let's get out of the scene though. Yes. Let's, let's go the hell away. So Tim takes the tickets. He convinces, uh, Mark to go to the game with yep. him. And so we cut back to actually no we don't get uh, it's a little bit later in the day yeah and it's uh brad and randy at home alone yes they have discovered well randy brad finds where mom is hiding cookies in yeah. one of the uh one of the air vents <laughs> old secret stash of cookies up in the air vent above the the fireplace yeah he, he's he yeah he has to climb up on a thing and like punch the wall to get the thing to pop open it's kind of like you'll do time like i feel like that's what people do yeah. like a, a fake cinder block yeah he pulls down the, the poster of rita hayworth and there's this <laughs> tunnel behind it it's all it's all behind that uh the opera poster because like <laughs> <laughs> she is dug away out of the Taylor house. <laughs> Jill Taylor tunneled through 500 football fields of shit to go see that opera. <laughs> so so uh, Brad finds the cookies. Randy, in true Randy form, has kicked it up a notch. Mm -hmm. Well, in true Emerald form, has kicked it up a notch, let's be real. And dis that's a 90s reference. A, and yes. discovered a stogie that Tim has been hiding in his sock drawer. Yes. Uh, cue several jokes about how bad Tim's socks smell. <laughs> now, let me put this out there. If they're washing the socks and clean socks go in the drawer yes. and he's souped up the washing machine to have extra detergent, his clean socks shouldn't smell. So you burnt home improvement. <laughs> Uh, anyway, they want to, they want to smoke this stogie. Yeah. Uh, so they, Brad bites the end off it. Yeah. I want to, I want to crack this open for a second just yeah. for my own edification because I still don't fully understand how cigars work. Okay. Well, listen, Landon, uh, I know you've got the, the little, the clipper thing that, uh, gangsters use to cut off toes. Yeah. Yes. I think, I think those clipper things in the whole history of cigar stub clippers, they have been used to clip cigars two times and used to clip body parts in gangster <laughs> movies 10 bazillion times. <laughs> yeah. The, so with cigars, there is like an end on it, like mm -hmm. a tough end on the mouth part that that like you i think you need to break that off in order to be able to get like it's sealed there and yes. you need to get to be able to get the air through this scene has always it's it has it's the originator of my confusion about cigars oh that this is the thing like i learned about cigars the way every boy does which is by watching reruns of the a-team on tv land <laughs> where george papard every damn episode bites the end of a cigar and then spits it on the bad guy's shoe in like act two <laughs> and then they get into a fight um but yeah i mean i either bite the end off if you're a cool dude or you snip it off and then I think you're just set to light it up and go. Okay. So it, the other end, you don't have to do anything to. You just it, burn it. Yeah, the other end is, is yeah, ready to go. Because okay. I think it's sealed at that end, too. But setting it on fire opens it up. But you, just, oh, you can't, you can't that makes sense. burn the proverbial candle at both ends. <laughs> Got um, it. Look, th it's, it's very complicated, which is why people uh, made the logical step to jump straight to vapes. And <laughs> just, you know, cloud chase it. Rip yeah. cotton. Crank up the ohms. But, so you're not supposed to eat the bite the end that you bite off like brad does here no you are not supposed to which eat is part of a cigar where <laughs> the joke comes in yes and then but then fortunately he does cough it back up yeah so they go outside to smoke it mm -hmm. uh randy makes a point of taking the cookies with them and saying cookies and cigars we're real man <laughs> just just great yeah um but also 
where the hell is Wilson? Like, shouldn't they know that Wilson is out there? This is what I thought it was going to be, is they try to go out back, and Wilson sees them doing it, smells it. No, no, they don't, they're not concerned that Wilson will be out there, and Wilson, who is supposed to be keeping an mm -hmm. eye vaguely on the boys, isn't aware of it. Wilson, to get really deep with it, I think Wilson is like the police in the movie Baby Driver. He is, <laughs> he is only competent when the plot absolutely needs him to be. <laughs> Or he's just too high to know what is his smoke and someone else's smoke. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the real thing. He's he's sitting out there and there's cigar smoke wafting over and he's like, dude, this this herbs this smells stank, bro. <laughs> also, like Aristotle once said something about weed. <laughs> Truman didn't think this joke through. Um, so they go out to do that. Yeah. Then we cut to a little later. Yeah, there's they've a, already smoked the cigar. There's a cigar transition where the scene rolls up into a cigar and <laughs> gets lit and then goes away. Yes. Yeah. So the the boys are then out back, um, feeling some buyer's remorse on the whole cigar thing. They but they aren't sick over it, which is very surprising to me. That was the plot point I was thinking we were going to get to. I hundred percent thought so too. They that Jill and Tim would come home and Brad and Randy would be like. Totally nauseous, yeah. vomiting everywhere. Yeah, kind of weird turn for a primetime TV show. Well, but if um, you're trying to send a message about why you shouldn't smoke, I, yeah, this this episode really doesn't say don't smoke. I mean, I think it does okay. Like the boy, it's not like the boys are like that was amazing. I want to do that every day. Yeah, I mean they're they're pretty unsatisfied with the experience. They talk about how gross their mouths taste. Well, I mean, if you need to deter people from not smoking cigars. I think real world experience is probably like first time I smoked a cigar, I was vomiting projectile in someone's bathroom. Jesus. It was awful. I yeah, I have just heard those stories, so I've never smoked a cigar. I'm like, I don't need <laughs> No thank you, sir. That's the ultimate anti <laughs> that's just, my you're, anti. You're you're Will Smith about it. You it's just for the looks. Yeah, oh yeah, exactly. Just bite it. Yeah. I just, no, I just I just love the taste. I just bite <laughs> I just eat all the all the stubs <laughs> and then give the rest of them to Vidal Castro. <laughs> Dip it in your cheese milk. <laughs> goes down real easy. It's it's a strange Midwestern delicacy, those cigars <laughs> dipped in cheese milk. <laughs> oh, my God. But they uh, they know that Tim and Jill are coming home, so they're trying to uh, mask the scent of the smoke with uh, air freshener. Yeah. Which, uh, when Tim comes home, uh, which is, you know, seconds from this moment, um, he, he goes, what's the smell? And Brad throws out, oh, it's a new uh, cologne that Jennifer got me. So Jennifer is still in the picture. Apparently so. That that uh, apology for the math homework uh, paid off. Man, I cannot wait for their 30th anniversary <laughs> at the beginning of season three. <laughs> Seriously, like uh, my middle school romance lasted a month uh, because of one little hiccup. They've been through more... Brad and Jenny, you know, the, the goldfish. Yes. <laughs> the bath homework. Oh, God. The uh, not inviting him to the uh, Halloween party. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, and then not him not picking her for the kickball team yeah. or whatever. Yeah, they've they've had some ups and downs. I feel like these two are going to go the distance, though. <laughs> like, they, they're, they, have, they have weathered more in their relationship than a lot of people I know who are actually married. I know, like, right? They, they, are, they are ready for marriage. So... Tim uh, talks to Brad and Randy. Mm -hmm. Brad, and, he doesn't he doesn't detect the smoke like he is. Uh, you know the excuse works, and Brad yeah, and Randy right. both run off to go to a friend's house and escape. And Mark's got his little foam finger on. Yeah, promise fulfilled. Yes, he he got it. And Mark seems pretty thrilled with the game. Like Mark was happy that they went to the game. Yeah. But now Tim has the problem. Tim has realized, oh, Jill is going to be pissed. So. Tim does the thing that always works and says, Mark, I need you to lie for me. I need, I need, let's get our <laughs> story straight. He says, I need you to delay the truth. Yeah, yeah. That's how he, he phrases it, or uh, poses it to him in this one. You know, the issue isn't terminology. The issue is that Mark is not capable of, <laughs> of deception. But you know what? I do like uh, Tim's, um, Tim has a moment here where he says, you know, I'm, you can't tell mom this. Mm -hmm. And Mark's like, well, I... You told me never to lie, and um, or he goes, isn't that a lie? And Tim has this line where he says, "You can't trust me when I have front row pissing tickets in my hand." That which, what what is? Tell me, give me your thoughts on that. That's a dark thing to hear from your father at an early age, saying like, <laughs> "Hey, son, my word." Is, like, what I mean doesn't always mean... So like, just to yeah. say to a child in the first place that you can't always trust me even when I'm telling you you can trust me, issues already. Yes. 
Like, that's the same thing. It's like, well, son, I was drunk when I said that. You can't trust daddy when he's had his special cough medicine. It's just like throwing so much fuel to this existential fire of Mark's. Like, I remember uh, seeing a snicker wrapper in my dad's car at a young age and realizing, oh, my dad has a life outside of me. Like, he went and got this snicker on his own and ate it and enjoyed it, and I was no part of that. (laughs) And that threw me through an existential crisis. He didn't even have to tell me that, you know, he his words don't actually mean what he says. Yeah, I, I yeah, I mean, but maybe maybe Mark is just he's got such thick skin for existential crises at this point. I mean, this is definitely not the first yeah, time something fair. like this has happened. Uh, yeah, it was. It's it kind of undoes all the great parenting that he did in the last episode, <laughs> where he took a punch to the face to show his son the value of nonviolence. Yeah. Right. Uh, they, so Jill comes home Mm -hmm. and is talking to them about it. Tim is, Tim is taking the foam finger as Jill is coming in and stuffs the entire thing into the bread box. Yeah. Uh, most of it. And then what he couldn't, he covered with a a washcloth. Yeah. The perfect crime. Perfect crime. And Jill starts talking to him and asking him what they thought about the, the, uh, ballet. Mm -hmm. But she sees through it pretty quick. She says, you know, Mark, what's this on your, on your shirt? And he says, Oh, oh, that's 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 mustard. We got hot dogs at halftime. Seems like intermission. We got an yeah. intermission. And he's, yeah, he tries to make this case to Jill that oh yeah, it was kids' day and they had hot dogs and <laughs> Swan Lake cookies. And yeah. he, you can see him as he's saying it, like yeah. yeah, this is gonna work. She's gonna buy this. Yeah, and for to his credit, you know, he really is dedicated to this lie, and he has uh, memorized the quote on the back of the program uh, in order to recite to Jill when she asks him, well, what did you think? Uh, he he recites this quote back to her um, that was written by like an actual <laughs> Detroit Magazine critic. Yeah, probably one of Jill's coworkers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like oh, it's like magnificent and spellbinding, the greatest ballet ever performed. <laughs> you know, and again, if that, you know, twenty first century home improvement, Tim would have looked up Swan Lake on Wikipedia on the way yeah, home, right? Exactly, and, and read what the ending was. Yeah. Uh, so. Jill, you know, Jill sees through this, and then she opens the bread box and finds the foam finger and realizes what happened. Yeah. And Jill gets really mad at Tim for, for I th- you know, I think one of the most legit reasons ever, and she yeah. makes this case to him, saying that, that she just has been trying to show her boys that there is stuff in the world beyond sports yeah. and trucks and race cars and all of that, and tr- and just trying to let them know that it's okay to, like other things and just give them some exposure to the arts right? and making this really reasonable case that, that, you know, she says at one point every weekend it's, it's sports and monster trucks and sitting on the couch. And I just want them to have, have that and something else and talking about how Brad, there's no hope. Randy, it's pretty much gone, but Mark was kind of her last chance and how Tim doing this has basically shown Mark that it's okay to think ballet is stupid. Yeah, and that she wants there to be room. It's okay for them to have their own interests and not like it, but she wants them to be able to make up their minds on their own. Yeah. And I thought that was such an interesting uh, kind of nuanced point to make. Yeah, I I, I would completely agree. I think that th- this is a side of Jill that is always kind of there. I mean, it's this tension has been there for a long time, mm-hmm. Jill being this diehard opera fan in this house full <laughs> right. of dudes. And, you know, there was there would be a bad way to write this where it's Jill being just kind of blindly insistent that, oh, no, eh, no, you can all love opera, and you all have to love opera, and we all have to do this. Or yeah. ballet, opera, whatever, it's interchangeable. <laughs> <laughs> but, Who are uh, you, Tim? Yeah, basically. But... But instead, it's just her putting it in terms of, like, I understand that boys will be boys, mm-hmm. but I just want to I, I wanna expose them to this and just try and do my due diligence as a yeah. parent and give them some hint. Like, that she's really... I think it's very responsible. Yeah, and also that she is longing to do this because she wants to have something that she has in common with her children. Yeah. Which is great. That's a really primal urge, and I really... I, I, I thought that, to me, was just, just wonderful, that, mm-hmm. to see this side of Jill represented and it's kind of always been hinted at but she's actually engaging with it openly now yeah and I think Tim gets off a little too easy here oh well, uh, without question uh, we did skip over the second Wilson scene where Tim goes outside and oh, yeah. says I think ballet he's very blatant with Wilson he's like I think ballet's dumb yeah I think it's stupid yeah I don't like it yeah I think it's a piece of trash yeah needs to get out of this world yeah needs, it, <laughs> it needs to get out of this world these are all verbatim lines you, you get right out of this world <laughs> That's what I say to all my bullies. Um, 
And and that's why he never got bullied in high school. They were like, <laughs> shit, we got to leave this world. But then plot uh, twist, they became astronauts. And nothing is cooler than being an astronaut. Son of a bitch. Yeah. All the cute girls went up into space with him. <laughs> um, but Wilson, like, says, well, okay, fine. You can you can think that, but you're ignorant. Uh, yeah, he, sa- he says, how much ballet have you watched? And Tim, you know, it's kind of a plot point that they were at mm-hmm. the ballet for 30 minutes. So Tim says, in my life, 35 minutes or 36 right. minutes. And, and yeah, and Wilson says, well, that's that's ignorant. And Tim bristles at this, and Wilson does not back down and just says, well, yeah, you're not you're not basing that opinion off of facts or mm-hmm. life experiences. You're just, you know, and that that's ignorant, and that makes you prejudiced. And I want to show this scene to the world. Yeah. I, <laughs> I sh- think that Wilson makes such an interesting, well-put, concise point here. It, it really, it, th- this, I think this might be my favorite Wilson scene. Mm-hmm. It's not funny well i mean it you know it's not it's not hysterically funny but it's wilson really like give the the most relevant knowledge i've seen him give where it's it's just him saying well yeah no you're you are an ignorant prejudiced fool if you make this if you come to this strong conclusion about something without having experienced it Mm -hmm. or tried it or or you know really yeah engaged with it yourself yeah and tim is you can see Tim getting kind of angry at the like this is a challenge to Tim's authority, the likes yeah. of which you don't normally see. And Tim is less receptive to Wilson's message here than before. And he's saying, like, oh, so well, I'm not prejudiced. I, I treat everyone equally. And he says, Well, you're prejudiced against an idea, Tim. Yeah. And I can forgive so many episodes where Tim <laughs> is almost the bad guy. He's so boorish and yeah. set in his ways. If there were more moments like this where Wilson really gets after him and challenges him and calls him out to his face for it, he has Wrought the wrath of God. Or the <laughs> wrath of a stone person. Yeah, either one. When you eat that last slice of pizza. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I really I really liked this. And I feel I like... Too. And I felt like the scene ended too soon, honestly. I would have liked to have seen more of Tim coming Yeah, because they don't really come to any... Tim. We don't know that Tim comes out away with any kind of knowledge or uh, enlightenment from this scene. And... We really don't even know that Tim and Wilson have <laughs> buried the hatchet, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, it's just that, you know, they're very blatant and concise with each other. Yeah. And and it just kind of cuts from that to mm-hmm. Tim back inside with Jill. And then that's where they have this whole scene. And uh, the way that, you know, so after Jill expresses herself, Tim's like, you're right, you're right. I, I was thinking about it and, you know, I agree with you. So what I did was I made my own ballet. With all that extra time, instead of just like maybe, you know, looking up a ballet and actually having a conversation with your wife about an interest of hers. Or like going, like she's even said, we should go to the, she says to him after he talks to Wilson, after Wilson says, you need jerk hating ballet without experience, it makes you an ignorant prejudiced fool. Tim goes inside, is talking to Jill, Jill extends this olive branch saying, Tim, I think you, you should at least come, you should at least come to the ballet with me sometime, you might have fun. And he says... Nah, it's not really for me, but I came up with my own ballet, <laughs> and that's it. That's yeah. as close as he ever gets to trying to enjoy something his wife likes. <laughs> um, but his version of the ballet plays on one of your favorite episodes, which was Jill's birthday of yes. last year. Uh, in that episode, he made her a birthday present, which was uh, a videotape of you know their kind of history, how they met with this lovey-dovey music. This one is, he has made a video of the ballet, which looks like it was a bootleg handy cam. Yeah. Um, of of a, like a student ballet or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Interspliced with... So he he has these note cards that he's reading her the narrative of this uh, this ballet that he's written, um, talking about a young prince that's coming through the, the village and... And the peasants rejoice at the arrival of the prince. Yeah, and the yeah. prince is my... You know, so they're, they're the ballet people, you know, dancing around the stage, and then it all of a sudden cuts to the hardcore music as Michael Jordan runs down the court and makes a dunk as he's talking about the prince. And then it cuts back to the ballet people, and he's like, and the peasants rejoice. Yes. Uh, and it keeps going, and then there's one of Barry Sanders uh, getting a touchdown. Back to the peasants rejoice. And Jill, you know, kind of warms to this she's idea. She's just laughing along. Yeah. Um, and so... Uh, this episode is getting a little long, but I do want to go into yeah. something that this made me realize that uh, Tim obviously has some level of video production skills. I think that maybe he created on his own, or maybe with the help of uh, the kids and Jill, um, a like public access version of Tool Time that he was able to then pitch 
two places. He he he. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Did he exactly. like made a pilot on his own? Yeah, and, like a little hand, cam, you know, a, a VHS camcorder in his own garage, talking about how to do a thing. It's basically like a YouTube, whatever YouTube was. Yeah, back it, then, which well, was VHS. YouTube back then was making a video of yourself sending it to a TV network and crossing your fingers they'd give you a show. That <laughs> yeah, was, exactly. It's much simpler now. Yeah. I mean, because we don't know anything about Tim's professional life pre-tool time. So, no. like, what did he do? I don't know. We know he went to college and married Jill and had kids. Yeah, but we don't... Yeah, what are his qualifications? <laughs> Shit, yeah, there's a big... There's kind of a big blank space of the... Because he's been doing tool time for, yeah. like, three years. And you know what? That kind of equates to uh, the theory about Tim Allen... Uh, Tim Taylor being Jesus... Uh, because there's a big blank spot in Jesus' yeah, life, too. Yeah, we don't know really what happened for, like, 30 years in there. <laughs> Long story short, mm -hmm. uh, Tim learns that he is ignorant and prejudiced against ballet and not being honest in his knee-jerk dismissal of it. Yeah. And in response, he makes a funny video uh, about how ballet should have more manly stuff in it, and Jill, who has been raging against manly stuff overtaking the arts, laughs and finds it funny. At least they don't have sex. <laughs> uh, that's very true. So then that, that takes us to the garage. We, it's the, the stinger of the episode. Yeah. Um, where this is where Jill finds the cigar and the cookie wrappers. Yes. And the and... blue dress. Wait, no, wrong thing. Sorry. <laughs> wrong 90s reference. <laughs> and uh, laments never hiring Sir Larry again. <laughs> but Tim decides to teach the kids a lesson by pulling a prank on them. Which I actually really enjoyed this this moment between Tim yeah. and Jill. Oh yeah, yeah. Th them disciplining the boys is always the best <laughs> because she's like she's like doesn't miss a beat. He's like follow my lead. Doesn't tell her what he's gonna do. Mm -hmm. uh, they start walking toward the door. They grab their coats and they're like, uh, Brad and Randy are coming downstairs, and um, he's like, okay, you guys are gonna stay alone for a minute. We got to mm -hmm. take Wilson to the hospital. I gave him one of those cigars that were in my uh, thing. Apparently. Um, the tobacco in it was uh, infected. infected and he's got hair growing out of his knuckles and he's all itchy and he's nauseous. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you guys have the house. We'll be right back. And then him and Jill walk out the front door. <laughs> Brad and Randy start, start itching themselves immediately and like get freaked out that they've got, uh, you know, tobacco infection, tobacco infection. And, uh, and then they're like, oh, maybe we should go to the hospital too. Yeah. And they run and open the front door and Tim and Jill are waiting there for, um, busted. <laughs> uh, it was kind of, I really liked that. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. And like everything except the resolution to the A plot of this episode is really great. All the bits work really well. <laughs> Agreed. Um, and uh, all we have left is the outtakes, which is uh, something we didn't see in the episode. Yeah. It's Tim, I'm assuming, doing uh, an improv over the things included in a really huge Swiss Army knife. Yeah. Um, some of them funny, some of them whatever. Yeah. yeah it, altogether, <laughs> I can see why it got cut. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and the only other thing besides that is to quickly touch on our grunt count. Oh, yeah. Which sure. is... And, and Oh, do you want to ask me? <laughs> No, I don't. Okay. It's not real if you don't ask me. Truman, what's our grunt count? Thank you for asking. Uh, <laughs> the grunt count is 20. Remarkably high. Oh, okay. We had... You know, it was a pack... You know, he did a bunch... He did a long run of grunting rather early on, and then also there were a bunch of... I feel like every episode now, it's those defiant... Uh, 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 uh. Yeah. But he did, he did a bunch of packs of kind of like five or six defiant grunts or like kind of conversational grunts yeah. that got us up to that total it was a lot of big clusters indeed and um there i remember the one uh, at the very beginning in the garage when oh, he was yeah. talking to jill that one was problematic it, it started as laughing yeah and then it turned into grunting so i yeah. had to discount the first three but then yeah but yeah yeah uh, so 20 is a lot higher than i think it's one of the the highest ones we've had in a while i mean it's been mm -hmm. we had a lot of single digit ones in the last couple it the, we had 16 but before that it was like uh two sixes in a row yeah so yeah. it's kind of all over the board but for the most part it seems like much higher than last season yes the the grunt the grunt totals for this season on average are are higher i our, haven't our got gpe is going to be uh a lot higher than last year yeah I, I tell you man i mean i know that we typically refer to uh grunt creep in terms of an actual character on the show where was the grunt creep in this the episode? grunt creep is at the very beginning uh it's puttering across the screen as tim is uh talking uh but it's got it's like driving across like a car and there's little uh little like animated puffs of exhaust coming out the back of it wow he camouflage he took a note from last week and camouflaged himself so much that i didn't even see him well yeah i mean 
but I did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's some colors Fair. you can't see. Maybe it's like that blue dress that's actually a gold dress. Uh, yeah. So, uh, no, the gr- but grunts are creeping upward yes. right now. Indeed. Yeah. Um, well, do you have anything else for this episode? I That's, that's all I've got, man. All right. Well, uh, then what I will say is this. You can sign up for our newsletter, <laughs> which is you where the edge of my seat. you can get um, this week's show notes uh, and be notified uh, whenever a new episode is available. Uh, we are including all kinds of stuff like Pam's Corner. We just added a merchandise page to our website um, where you we've basically just curated a bunch of home improvement items uh, if you are so interested in getting the DVD box set or the individual seasons, we put a few t-shirts up there. I put links to um, both Pam Anderson's books and Tim Allen's books. And I'll be adding more to that as we go along. So if you're interested in home improvement stuff, we, we've got it all in one single place for you there. You can find all that uh, in our newsletter. And uh, as well as like news and updates of us being on other shows, other podcasts. I know we've done... Um, uh, guest spots together we've done guest spots separately we've been seeing other people and we're okay with it we have an open podcast <laughs> too. uh so you can find links to all that stuff there it's a really awesome newsletter to sign up for uh which you can do on our website or our twitter feed um so go there and if you go to our website uh you can get to that place by going to your url thing and punching in these letters <laughs> Excuse me one second. www.gruntworkpodcast.com. That came out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my brain really malfunctioned there. Um, too much cheese milk. <laughs> way too much cheese milk. You can also follow us on the, the social media places, uh, which is at GruntworkPod. And I know I usually lead into the thing with that, but I'm also going to say uh, that we're gearing up for the end of the season, as yes. we said, and would like to read some reviews on the episode. So... If you have any uh, reviews in your pocket ready to go. Just we, just burning a hole in your pocket. burning. Uh, you know, get them out because you don't want to set your pants on fire. Uh, put them out onto the internet where it's, you know, flame retardant. Pref- preferably iTunes. Is the internet flame retardant? Is that asbestos? Because we should, we should get that removed if that's a thing. <laughs> uh, and remember that every time you rate and review us, we'll ask permission before we steal your cigars. <laughs> so it wouldn't really be stealing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'd give people my cigars. Yeah, I, if I had any, I would I would give them right away. Because <laughs> smoking isn't cool. Um, uh, with that... Well, I've been Truman Caps. And I've been Landon Solano. And this has been... Grunt. Cigar work. Good. Grunt work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>